Let me hit that fucking shit. Let me hit the fucking record button. Let's do this. Welcome to We Synced It. Yes, it is a weekly podcast that focuses in on all the movies, the entertainment, and all the entertainment in between. I fucked up. Hi, I am your host, Patrick Young. <laughs> Hello, Patrick. And how is everybody doing today? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's good, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Ultra Music Festival edition of We Synced It. We're here jamming out to uh, some old school drum and bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we 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 trying to get into drum and bass because uh, you know it's it's like it's around you everywhere. Since you live in South Florida, it's like damn, this shit is hot, and it plays in the background of every like uh, bar or club you go to. So it's like damn. And it, you tr- you try to ask what? Hey, what's the name of the artist? And nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like, the but DJ. it's 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 good background music. Yeah. Like you could you could chill to this. Mm-hmm. Or you, you can study get, to it, or you can get hyped to it this yeah. too. So yeah, we're really we're, we're really into it. So I mean, this whole month we might just go drum and bass, this whole kind of thing. And uh, the artist that you're listening to now is called Don Nu. So there it is. <laughs> but uh, how you doing, Kevin? Man, how's your how things going, bro? Everything is going well. We got a lot of things to talk about since we le- we missed last week, yeah. La- dude. There's like some weird cold flu strain going around. Yes, man. Everyone that I know is getting sick. And like I had this weird ass fever and then I started coughing like a storm. That's why we kind of skipped yeah. out. Uh, Same last thing weekend. happened to me the week before. Uh, and I thought it was uh, I'm like, oh, shit, is this like a strand of, of like COVID or something like that? So I went to go get tested and it was it wasn't. It was just like a just a regular ass cold. But that shit, it really kicked my ass, though. Yeah. For sure. But it gave us the opportunity to compile a bunch of stuff that we're going to be talking about um, today. We, you know, since we missed out last weekend, uh, we weren't able to review Avatar and several other things. So we're going to cover uh, Avatar, The Last of Us, uh, the 2023 nominations for the Academy Awards, yeah. Movie Pass making a comeback, Emily the Criminal that just came out on Netflix, and several other topics. Uh, what should we start off with first? Should we start off with Avatar since that was like the oldest topic yeah. that we haven't been able to cover? Yeah, let's start off with Avatar. <clears throat> um, we went to go see it back in uh, December. At the, I can't even say at the peak of it because it's still like doing fucking numbers. I think it's at like $2 billion worldwide. Um, we went to go see it and didn't know that it was going to be in 3D. We just, you know, I just bought the tickets. Uh, I have to go. I have to admit that my expectations were kind of like just barren but when i came out of that movie theater i was like yo um it was pretty cool and the pacing wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be because you know the internet said that oh the pacing is so bad you fill the three hours um i thought it was pretty cool because um most of the stuff that they were showing like visually i've never seen before so you know i I took it in and 
you know, I just experienced the whole movie and it was really, really good to watch. I I fell in love with that movie. It was it was really good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the the biggest criticism online was um, that the establishing shots it was it was like too many of them. Yeah, which well some, they reused some, some of those shots, like yeah. the the one with the sun setting. Yeah, they they used that shit about like four or five times. But you know, I let that shit slide because hey. But there was there was one person online that I read. Um, like I, I was reading the review, and they were saying how the establishing shots was a character in its own. Like you you can't forget that like. They created an entire planet from scratch. It's not like yeah. what they've done in like other movies, like Star Wars, where they went to an existing location in, in the U, or in the world and turned it into a planet. Like, oh, we're gonna get this desert and make a whole desert planet, or we're gonna get uh, these snowy mountains and make a planet out of it. Nah, they made a planet from scratch. So, like, the planet itself is a character. Mm-hmm. Um, the landscapes were beautiful. All the underwater shots. It was highly entertaining just to watch like yeah. sitting there it felt like I, I felt like i was in a ride i, I mm-hmm. felt like i was in a ride at disney or something um, which we know that in like give it five ten years there will be a ride in disney that is based on uh the way of water well no there already is there sort already? of yeah oh, so like God. they have they have a ride at epcot right now where you get to ride the banshees and they kind of tease that water part of the really? world where you see like the giant whales and yeah they were they were teasing that for like years. Oh yeah, snap. yeah. I haven't I haven't gone on that ride I've yet, been but, on I, that ride. but I definitely want to check it out. I've never been um, to the Avatar uh, section of what's that? What is that? Magic Kingdom? I think it is. The it's in uh, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. Yeah. I've never been there. I don't think I've ever been to Animal Kingdom. To be honest with you, nah, we got to check it out. Yeah. Um, but. I, I am kind of happy that they're transitioning the story from Sully, the main character from the first movie, over to, like, now his family. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's, it, it should transition out because I'm not crazy about his character at all. I, I don't think he can carry the movie, that that franchise, on his shoulders. Um, but the, You know how I feel about that actor, man. Yeah. I'm not a fan <laughs> of him. Uh, I, I, I personally feel that... Um, there's certain actors that you can bet on that's going to bring, like, profit to a movie or they're just great actors that you want to watch a movie because of the actor. And he is one of those names that's like, nah, man, I'm not watching that movie because that dude was in a whole bunch of movies that are supposed to be franchises and they just flopped. And I think the only movie that he's got left is Avatar, yeah. which it didn't even... To be honest, I think anybody could have took that place because that movie is pretty much is all is all pushed by the special effects. The special effects in any of those in both Avatar movies were the bread and butter. And James Cameron. The director and special effects. Those are the only reasons why I watched the movie. Yeah. But continue what you were saying. No, no. Um and I think I think he's not able to hold the franchise. I think mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana can hold that weight. She's already proven herself with yeah. Marvel, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and all these other f- big franchises. But she was um, barely in this movie. She, she was barely in the movie, but the times that she was in the movie, she did steal the scene. <laughs> yeah, she did. She she stole the she scene. She cries. She cries like no other, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's definitely some heart-wrenching moments in this movie, especially towards the second half of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was I, I I think it was a good continuation. I think if they would have Stuck to the forest and stuck to, 
just a continuation off of the first movie. It probably would have been boring. Um, seeing another aspect, like you, like you got, you have to remember that this planet is huge. Yeah. So, so there is going to be some, some, some crazy new things that they, that they're going to introduce. I do love the fact that they introduce like a new type of um, of these aliens, where it was like, okay, this is the the, the water tribe, and mm-hmm. they're a little bit different. They're they're the, the way their body is formed. It, it's a little bit more evolved. Where that they they can last in the water longer, and I thought that was yeah. really cool. And supposedly, in the next movie, I think they're gonna show like a volcano avatar, like some like like a fire tribe, you know, that's like all about like so they fire can swim based in lava. I don't think I don't think they can swim in lava, but they probably live in like really harsh conditions that they're oh, like okay. more thick skinned than any of the other. Um, they, Why do I think they can swim in lava? What the hell? Am I, <laughs> the hell am I thinking about? <laughs> all right, yeah, I can see that. Um, you want to talk about the story and how, like, the story was, like, basic. There's, it was basic. As, it was, like, this story that you that they told with uh, the whole father and the whole, uh, the rebellious son and the, the son that's also, like, an identical replica of the actual father. Um, and spoiler alert, uh, you already know who's going to die. It's gonna be the, the the son that's basically a replica of the father. So it's gonna so the next movie you're gonna see that the father is gonna be forced to kind of like let's see like uh, make the bond with the rebellious son more uh, I don't know more stable or something like I, I don't know. But this this story has been told before uh, a thousand times, just like the the last Avatar. But to be honest, like. It was like a footnote compared to everything else in this in this movie. I know you know uh, I'm 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 real heavy on story, but I don't know, man. It, it was just like the visuals and just seeing something new, even though it was a story that's already been told before, was just it was just perfect. It was just like a nice touch. It it, it wasn't too much. It was just right and. One one uh, negative I, I could say is that there were certain times that it just felt like it was a frame drop. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So the a lot of the scenes seemed very fluid. Yeah. Like I, th- there was even one point where I told Pat like it felt like a video game. Like yeah. it felt like a like you know the the animation that plays in between like the levels when they get when it gets into like the story of the video game. Like, there was no motion blur at all. But then there were times where it seemed like there were, like the shutter speed was off or something. And yeah. it was, like, really, like, it, it got real really choppy. choppy. Like it, was re- it was, like, they, they, they dropped frames or something. And maybe it, it could have been because I know that um, maybe it went from 24 to, uh, was it 48? Yeah. And, you know, maybe uh, when they get to the action scenes, they, you know, they take it to 48. And then when they get to, like, the little subtle scenes where, you know, it's just, like, drama and just dialogue, maybe they switch over to 24. But maybe, like, I could see the transitions in between, and it just gets real choppy. And it's, like, it's not it's not as smooth. Or maybe it's something, it has something to do with the actual projectors of the movie theaters. Maybe it's something, something that they need to adjust where the projector's set to, like, 24 frames and then yeah. if the movie changes frames, then that, that you know, it's going to affect the projector itself. I don't Th- know. That could be. Maybe. Because I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. So yeah. it could have been something that only our theater saw it. 
and nobody in the in the actual theater uh, said anything but us because usually w- when I'm talking to people about this nobody knows they they saw a movie and they didn't see it at all so maybe my eyes are seeing something that nobody else is uh, is seeing but the same thing happened when I saw uh what's the name of that movie uh The Hobbit yeah one of the hobbits I saw like there was uh it's like once you're watching it, you you're watching it. Like, okay, okay. Um, uh, this is this is good. This is good. And next, you know, you just you just start to see, and it's like, oh, it feels like I'm watching uh, like live television, like news or some type of soap opera. Like it seems too clean, but it wasn't choppy. And and Hobbit in this one, it seemed like it was a little choppy. Like like they were taking stills. Like uh, somebody was running. Um, I don't know. They were wearing. They were running a uh, skate from Tarkov as they're fucking uh, somebody else trying to edit on the same fucking uh, PC. I, you know, I can't really explain it to people who don't like edit or anything like that. But you got, you get it. I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you get. I hope you do because it, it was. It was like certain scenes. It wasn't throughout the whole thing, but what like pivotal like. Key moments of like uh, when they were fighting and um, yeah, when they were fighting is that that's where it happened the most, yeah. and I just couldn't understand why. As far as the story, um, the there was a lot of duality. So yeah. like, you see, the villain is now one of the Navi, and he's trying to adjust, kind of like how the first character was doing in the first movie, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like as he's adjusting the protagonists in the movie are trying to adjust to this new water tribe. So it's like, it kind of felt like the, the first movie repeating all over again, where it's like, Oh, they're learning how to adjust to the environment around them. Um, but I think there was some cool duality between, um, he has a son who's like the black sheep of the family. And then the son, there's a lot of that, like whole black sheep of, of, of their environment type of Mm -hmm. thing going on. There was a whole bunch of black sheep in this whole fucking movie, man. (laughs) The the whole movie felt rebellious. Like everybody was rebellious. Everybody's a rebel. Everybody's wearing leather jackets. Everybody's (laughs) sitting in chairs backwards. Uh, everybody has a pack of cigarettes rolled up in their sleeves right here. Everybody's a rebel. It's like watching the, the outsiders. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. Um, but overall, what do you what would you give this movie? Uh, I would give this movie a um, out of five. Yeah, I would give this movie three point five out of five. Yeah, I would give it the same thing. I would give it a three point five. I think uh, like it wasn't a bad movie. I would yeah. suggest people watch this movie. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say yeah. And on top of that, I would say watch it in theaters. Oh, one hundred percent. I um, Regal Cinemas just announced that they they're they're shutting down. Um, I think close to 20 movie theaters. Really? Yeah. Uh, so that they don't fall for bankruptcy. So I am on the side of like, please go to the movie theaters. Yeah, let's save, the theaters. Let, let's save these movie theaters from going bankrupt mm-hmm. for sure. So, and I am, I am, you know, I, I know a lot of people were annoyed with James Cameron talking about, Oh, I got to make this much to keep on going. But I do think subliminally he was doing that to, to, get people to come back to the movie theaters. I know there there's a handful of directors that want to save the movie theater industry. I'm on that side. Like I, I I think watching a movie in a theater is just a better experience. And like, if I'm going to watch a movie like on the scale of avatar, I want to watch it in like the best possible experience that I can get. So I'm, I would prefer to watch it in the theater with like good speakers 
scientifically proven seating. You know, like there, there's a science behind that. I would choose to watch a movie like that. Like I refuse to watch Avatar like on my iPad because I, I, I can't. If I'm going to watch it, I want to watch it like on a big screen and like enjoy yeah. it the way it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, all right. So next up after that, we have um, you want to talk about The the Last of Us? Yeah. Uh, the Last of Us just dropped like uh, two weeks ago. We're already on uh, episode two of it. And um, as a person who played the first game halfway through, but before I played the game, I saw I saw it on YouTube. I have to admit, man, this show is is it's going to be good. It's going to be a great show to watch. Um, so far, it's it's an experience. The 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 shot for shot, not shot for shot remake, uh, but the you know the side by side comparison from the the TV show and the game are amazing. And to the best part about this is like I get what people were, uh, I get though that that feeling where uh, a book turns into a TV show or a movie, that feeling where you 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 experience uh, it's kind of like a parent or a parental. Uh, experience where somebody who hasn't played the game or somebody who hasn't read the book and they're saying like oh, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, oh the the his daughter died and stuff like that. And you're you're seeing them experience it and you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, that shit hurts, huh? Just you wait and see what else is gonna fucking happen. And it's amazing to have that experience. So I I really enjoy uh, other people watching it with me because um, people who haven't seen it because re- you're watching the you're watching the show but you're also watching their experiencing it for the first time like uh there was a whole bunch of videos that came out on YouTube of of uh, uh people who uh, having their friends watch the 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 red wedding for the first time from Game of Thrones and you see, you don't see the actual like uh, the show itself. You just see people experiencing it, and you see how like, yo, they were invested into these characters, and then out of nowhere, these people are dying. There was a woman who got stabbed in the stomach when she was pregnant like multiple times, and I remember watching that. Not even watching the show, just watching that part. I'm like, God damn, this is extreme. And I, I was gonna say I loved it, <laughs> but yeah, I did. I love like. Uh, like the, I love the experience where you get where you can just draw that kind of emotion out of people. Yeah, you usually you got to pay double for that. You know what I mean? But you get it for free, or I mean, you get it for a subscription of uh, HBO Max. What are your thoughts <laughs> on the casting? The casting, love it. The casting, I love it. Um, actually, the 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 one who plays Ellie, I've never seen her before. Yeah, she she seems, seems familiar to me. <clears throat> like I'm like, yo, I've seen you, but I don't know where I've seen you for before. Maybe I've seen her like on the streets before or walking around or something. But she seems like uh, she's a pretty cool Ellie. Uh, a lot of people saying they don't like uh, they don't like. They don't like her as an Ellie. Uh, some people are saying they don't like Joel. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm a fan of the casting. Uh, she actually played one of the characters on Game of Thrones. So both of them were in Game of Thrones yeah, then? they were. 
Both of them were on there. So they just so so HBO's just keeping the shit in house, huh? So that's yo, I'm, I'm starting to realize what's happening. These fucking streaming services are just keeping everything in house now. I it's going back to the old school MGM uh, MGM days where you work. Oh no, you work for a certain. Uh, a, a production company and that's the only company that you work for now you you can't go outside but it seems like i mean you could go outside nowadays like you can work for a different company but if you're in contracts with netflix you can work like multiple productions inside netflix like that's gonna be part of your contract like yeah we're gonna get you here like uh 11 you see that she's also in uh, Nolia Holmes. She also has another movie that's coming out on Netflix. Like she has like this this deal that's going out that's going to be I don't know. She's she's racking up millions of dollars. And yeah, what do what do you think about it? I think I, I think mean, all streaming services want to get Pedro Pascal cuz he's like the biggest. He's the talk of the town. He's the Mandalorian. He's he's all over the place. Is he though? Is he in that suit all the time? <laughs> Sometimes I think he's just phoning it in, literally, through a microphone, and he's just voicing his thing. Even though, yo, so far, everything that I've seen him in, he's he's great in. Even though I haven't seen Narco yet, but people have told me to watch Narcos. I haven't watched that. I plan on watching it sometime this uh, sometime this year. Also, I also plan on watching Twilight sometime this year. We need, a, we need to do a special on that. Plan on watching that. I'm, I want to watch the Twilight before... Um, before I don't want to watch it anymore because I want to know what the fuck I want to know what the hype's about. The hype was about. I don't think no, there's still, still hype about yeah. Twilight, man. People out there still like it. I still see Twilight shirts. It came out in theaters. They like redistributed it. You the see? first one in there's theaters. There's fucking recently. hype for it. Yeah. There's still hype for it. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it as much as Harry Potter. I know a while back we did um, a video of Pat summarizing like the entire. Harry Potter series in one go, so maybe we should do that with Twilight. Ouch! All I know you is know, that all I know I've never watched I've never watched any of the Twilight movies, but I could tell you, it is going to be more painful to watch than Harry Potter. There were certain yo that, that first fucking two episodes episodes first two movies of Harry Potter. I have to admit that was more. It wasn't painful to watch, but I did find myself like looking at my phone like okay, yeah. Cause it's it's really like juvenile. Yeah, the 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 sequels do get better because yeah. it gets more mature. And I wonder if that's gonna happen in Twilight because they start off in high school. Yeah, and then she has like a kid eventually. Yeah, she has a kid, like a vampire, a vampire kid, but a CGI I, kid. I, 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 I would love, I would love for you to summarize that whole baseball scene, them playing baseball with like nineteen twenties baseball <laughs> gear for some reason. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> And the news, yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, I don't know the people's name in Twilight. Bella, I know. We, the we have Bella at bat, and she's swinging on a miss. Oh, she's out of there. <laughs> I can see doing that. That'd be pretty fun. That'll be, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely planning on doing that. I think since you haven't watched it, we should both, we should both fucking, uh, oh, do that. Man. And I know Josh hasn't watched it either. Josh, I thought he loved Twilight. No, did he? He loves Twilight. Bro, we talked about this on the podcast. He loves Twilight. Like, he's really fucking into it. And he's watched the entire series. He even, like, wrote on our group chat, like, yo, I, I just watched the whole thing again. Yeah, he I, he is legit, like, into it. 
Like if he summarizes the series, you know he's going to do it like seriously. You know what's funny? I'm not shocked that he's um that he likes it. I'm shocked that he's so proud that he's willing to tell us. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're proud that you like this movie? Huh. And like he's also <laughs> proud like to 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 like admit that he believes like that's like really good written. That's top tier. Even though it's supposed to be fan fiction of Interview with the Vampire. Or I think it was like it started out as like a fan fiction of like, like you know, interview with the vampire yeah. styles, and then like the Fifty Shades of Grey was supposed to be like fan fiction off of that or something. That is like, is it's like trickle down. That's that Reagan Tr- shit. That's that Reagan shit. Trickle down trash. Yeah, trickle down <laughs> trash. It's like interview with the vampire. I have to admit, it's pretty good. There's a show that came out that's on A and E. That's pretty fucking good. Uh, you can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, it's fucking chef's kiss. But it's pretty good. Then you have another one. It's like somebody's... It's that telephone game. Yeah. Like somebody tells you something, and then somebody else tells you, but they didn't get it the first time, and then somebody else. And it's like at, at, at the end of it, it's like it's going to be pure and utter gut. It's going to be gutter trash. But you know what? Sometimes you just want to see gutter trash. And just enjoy the view. And it's, it, it, it's funny how we start off this thing from Last of Us to uh, Twilight. But to take it back to Last of Us, um, what's your thoughts on uh, there was an article that came out there saying that it, this is the and this marks the end of uh, bad video game movies? I I agree that there's some truth to that. I do think that the quality of video game movies and TV shows are getting better. Mm-hmm. Is it at its peak? No, not yet. But I do think um, I I think it's it's been proven. Like the Detective Pikachu movie, yeah. uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Mortal Kombat wasn't the best movie, but for its time, for its time, and compared to what we saw in the '90s, yeah. Definitely an improvement. Like it's it, like it's on the way better than uh, Strike uh, Strike Force Street Fighter. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely better than Street Fighter. But like it's definitely like there's a road now. Like yeah. it, it looks like there's there's a tunnel now. We could see the end, and we could see like okay, these these productions are definitely picking better cinematographers. They're picking better directors. They're definitely picking picking better talent. Yeah, um, that actually fit you know the roles and stuff. I know. I think everyone is pretty much on the same page that Pedro Pascal was like a good pick for yeah. the dude um, in Last of Us. Um, in Sonic the Hedgehog, the guy that does the voice Ben Schwartz for Sonic was seemed kind of perfect as well. Like he's, he 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 definitely embodied it. Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik, like all of that, you know, that great. was so good. <laughs> Jim Carrey as Doctor, even before they they did the whole like uh, you know they. Uh, you know they they basically changed Sonic the Hedgehog the trailer. I don't know if you guys remember the the old school Sonic uh, trailer where they basically uh, they made him look totally different. Everybody was on board that Jim Carrey is going to carry this fucking movie. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, he, he definitely did. did. Um, so I think yeah, I, I'm, I'm I know they're working on another Mortal Kombat movie that's like supposed to be a, a sequel off of the last one. Um, and the director was saying like, oh no, no, we're, we're going to get really bloody we're gonna get really really extreme because that was one of my biggest complaints about the last mortal Kombat was that they didn't really show a lot of the mortal Kombat. like oh, it, shit. it was i was when i was saying the mortal Kombat movie i was talking about the one that came out in the 90s oh no i was i was talking about this one. Oh, yeah <laughs> i was like like i loved i loved the 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 confrontation between sub-zero and scorpion i've been waiting for that shit here's the deal right 
The new one, I liked, but I didn't like the new character. I didn't like him either. I, I think they should have got that guy out of here. Just have Sub-Zero going against Scorpion as as usual. Just I know the story evolves around the guy from uh, uh, the new character who's supposed to be like, he's supposed to be a Sherpa into the world of Mortal Kombat. Not our world into Mortal Kombat. Like people who've never seen or played the video game, it's supposed to be like, okay, we're guiding you into this world of Mortal Kombat. But we didn't need him. Yeah, no, I don't. I think just based off of the whole Scorpion, uh, his whole family got killed by uh, no, no, was it? Yeah, Scorpion's Sub- family got killed by Sub Zero. Yes. Sub Zero like froze them and shit. Was it? No, no, it was the other way around, right? No, no, no. Sub Zero froze, turned his wife and his kid into ice. Yeah, and Scorpion was told him like, "I'm gonna come back and get you yeah. or whatever," and he comes back at the end of the movie so, and gets him. Yeah. And that's all we need. We don't need anything, bro. Else. I'm, I, I've said it a million times. You can make a else. movie just based off of that rivalry. Yeah, you can make a fucking series. They and did then, fucking John Wick. <laughs> they fucking did. Uh, They're already on the fourth fucking movie. Yeah. Why can't you just do that with this? Yo, it's like what's that whole saying? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, and if they they continue off of this whole rivalry story, like yeah. I, I, I'm definitely in on it. Um, I didn't realize. Yo, I was watching uh, Deadpool, the second one, the other uh-huh. day. There's a scene where he's recruiting people to the, to create his own team, the X Force. Yeah, and there's a guy who's supposed to be like an alien from another planet. That's the dude that pl- that's the main character for the new Mortal Kombat movie. And I'm like, bro, this guy he just gets killed or beat up in every movie <laughs> that he's in because he dies instantly in this yeah. in this last movie. And like in Mortal Kombat, his power is he gets beat up and then reflects that power back and it's like wow so in order for you to be powerful you have to get your ass kicked so if i just talk shit to you (laughs) for the whole fucking duration and not touch you at all i'll be fine (laughs) well i should sort it this shit has been sorted (laughs) you mother (laughs) (laughs) oh my god man but yeah man um yeah i think um i think what's going on now is that um we're not gone are the days of just having just getting a well-known director to make a video game movie that's just going to pull a profit. I think now or a TV show that's going to pull a profit. I think now they're basically getting like people who who know the stuff like, you know, like uh, Last of Us. They 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 said that uh, they went into they played the video games they understand the lore and stuff like that they even got actors to play the clickers who actually played the video games which was I'm like oh snap so they knew how the clickers move and stuff like that um, there's interviews with um, uh, who who can I say? oh with uh, uh, with uh, people who've done like Marvel movies who said, yeah, you know, I, I read the comic book. James Gunn reads comic books. This guy makes perfect fucking uh, comic book movies. So I'm, it's like, no, we don't need like a director who's just going to be like, oh no, uh, I have this idea for a movie and I need to basically uh, filter it through this this comic this comic book movie or this this uh video game just so I can make my fruition uh come true or just so I can make a buck kind of thing cuz i'm thinking about uh, monster hunter 
that video, that movie was a disappointment as soon as I found out who was directing it. The same guy who directed uh, Resident Evil, uh, all the whole franchise. And as soon as I found out that his wife was going to be uh, the actress in it, and I was like, why? I knew for a fact that this movie was going to be trash, but I saw it anyways. Why? Because I need to see this train. I need to see this train crash into this wall. I need to see it. And it was it was it was it was really bad to watch, man. What, what was your favorite uh, video game turn movie or TV show? I think overall, um, I think Sonic the Hedgehog. I I, I I was surprised at how engaging the movie was. Mm-hmm. I think my expectations for that movie was really low. Especially with the fact that they released the trailer and then they re- had to they redid the whole movie, I thought, okay, this movie's gonna be a disaster. Like already, like I'm I'm seeing I, I saw bad signs. Um but then I saw the movie and I'm like, yo, this is actually really enjoyable and like I'm actually going along with it. So I think so far that has been my best, my personal favorite pick. I haven't watched The Last of Us yet. Um I did play that game a little bit when it when when it came out. So I am interested to see. I'm just waiting for like an, a, like several episodes to be out so I could just like watch it straight through. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, you got three. You, this week, you, it'll be up to three episodes. Yeah. And the first episode was like the length of a movie. It was an hour and 30 minutes long. And then the following episode was an hour. And I'm hoping that this one's going to be an hour, too. Maybe, yeah. maybe an hour 30. But... Um, there, I mean, there's certain things that happen in The Last of Us that um, I, I love the fact that they give you like a, they give you like a um, a little inside, a behind the scenes of The Last of Us as soon as the episode's over. I love that HBO does that. I, I fucking love that shit. All we need is just a director or cast commentary option for uh, like I don't know I, I, for captions or something like. That. I, I really wish that. There will be a streaming service that will give us that so I won't have to, like, buy uh, Blu-rays or DVDs. If they give Netflix, please, if you're watching, please give us that. But um, they, they tell you, like, little insights, like, they can't have the spores, like, how in the video game because spores go everywhere. So, that I mean, the virus will already be passing all over the place. So now it has to be, like, an actual, like, you know, the zombie kind of thing. Like, they have to bite you. Have you seen any of the videos of the actual fungus, like the actual spore that that game is based off of? Like, that's an actual thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Hello, testing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. um, They were saying that, um, not the funny thing, but the actual thing that this can actually happen. No, no, it 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 exists it ha- right yeah, now. It happens to. I've seen videos on TikTok. So basically, this thing—it's called the cordyceps. Mm-hmm. It's a fungus that grows in the jungle, and what it does is it releases a spore. The ants eat the spore, and then it starts growing inside of them, and literally, like until they die, and you see it like cracking out of the shell of the ants, and then rece- releasing more spores. And what 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 it's trying to do is. It's trying to make its way to the ant colony to kill the the queen. And, like, if ants see that an ant is infected, they'll, like, kill it and, like, try to, dr- like, drive it away as far away from the colony as possible. It's like they know. They already know. And, like, bro, there's videos on TikTok of it. Like, there's been documentaries. The fuck? Yeah, bro. And, like, they actually show 
the evolution, like you see the ant dying, and then it's like you see like the thing cracking out of its shell, like through like out of its head. Why like, is it trying out. to kill the queen for? It's like it's just it's just natural. Like it's just it does what it, it do. It's it's its purpose is to grow and destroy. Like it's the craziest shit. And like it already exists, like and it happens. Like that's what that's what inspired the game. Was it's that specific fungus that oh, does that. Bro, I can't wait till you watch episode two, bro. <laughs> the beginning of episode two, man, is so fucking like it's so fucking gripping, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you anything. You just gotta watch it, bro. No. The beginning of episode two is like it it'll get you, man, because it is it, like it gives you some like you're like oh we got fucking hope, man, we got fucking hope, and then no, <laughs> it's like fuck that hope, that hope that you had, smash that shit down. It's, it's Matumbo, uh uh uh. You try to go for fucking layup, that shit out of here, and you feel that shit, man. It is it's a really good fucking show. It, it's one of those shows that uh I, man, it takes you back to the day, bro. Like uh. I get the whole Game of Thrones of uh, watching it week to, week to week now. It's fun talking to people like yo yo. You seen the you seen Last of Us? Yeah, man. <laughs> this shit is fucking dope. Say yo, man. It's like the games and yeah, but it's it's a little bit better because you know I don't gotta re I don't gotta keep on dying all the time and seeing like different cutscenes that they made for Joel because that shit happened to me. That whole little like sneaking through the clickers. I must have died like four or five times. I had to sleep on that, that shit, and be like, wake up just so I can get past that that uh, that area. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have um, the 2023 nominations for the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting picks. Let's start off with Best Picture. You got Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, The Banshees of Inisherin, Tar, um, Ed Sheeran. In a Sheeran, oh. it's, uh, yeah. Um, Elvis, Top Gun, Maverick, Avatar: The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front, Women Talking, and Babylon. Um, I, we were just talking about this right before we started recording, man. If everything, everywhere, all at once doesn't fucking win, everything. I want I want that movie to be called Everywhere, Everywhere. We want everything. Yeah, like that's what I want that movie to be called. That. You know, because that movie—they um, need to win. They need to win everything, everything for me to be happy at, at uh, for this Oscars. Please, absolutely. I'm definitely ready, rooting for this because I feel like the movie itself felt like a new type of movie that was created. Yeah, and I love the fact that it was directed by two young directors. It, it seemed very rebellious. Like they kind of threw the ones that did uh, Swiss Army Man. Yeah. So I'm. I'm one hundred percent rooting for this movie. Do I think it's gonna win? I'm hoping it's mm. gonna win, but for some reason, because of the way the Oscars are, it probably isn't gonna win, and they're probably gonna go with something safe like the. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the Fablemans, which is supposed to be a movie About based off of the life of Steven Spielberg. Which I'm not a fan at the fact that he directed it. It's like, hey guys, this was my childhood growing up, like. Bro, you're still alive. You should let somebody else tell that story, maybe. Um, I don't know. To me, it seems pretentious that someone is making a movie about their life saying, like, I would look at the to, glory days. Of- I would love to interview him, but, like, just sitting down. You know how they do, like, the, oh, you get three you get three minutes with the director? Like, yeah. So you just basically just 
you're 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 the epitome of like an Instagram uh, hottie, right? You just talking about yourself and just in the third person. That's amazing. You did a whole movie on that. Good for you, bud. <laughs> Good for you. We like you, but nobody likes you that much, man. It, it, it reminds me of like a, another La La Land. Like, oh, we're gonna make a movie about the glory days of Hollywood and filmmaking. And I read a. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's book. Let me let me correct myself here. I didn't read it. It was on Audible, and I got it on Audible. So I listened to him tell me about his book, and uh, that's what that shit is all about. It's the glory days of Hollywood and like cinema, and like movies and stuff. But you would think that oh he's gonna give me some insights about like you know filming and stuff like that. Nah, bro. It's about him going to movies as a little kid. And his first time going with a person who used to play for uh, a football team and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. It was cool for like a good three hours. And then I was like, let me, I got to pull this ripcord and get the hell out of here. Don't, don't get the Quentin Hills book. Don't get it. <laughs> uh, for best director, you got uh, Daniel Kwan, uh-huh. uh, Daniel Scheinher, who did everything everywhere all at once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, uh, Marco McDonald for The Banshees of Inisherin, Todd Field, Tar, and Edward Berger, All Quiet on the Western Front. Again, you got two young directors that are basically throwing the rule book out of the, out of the window and doing something that they think is fresh. And I think if the Oscars want more viewers, start paying attention to the younger people. That are that are trying to shine in yeah. in, in the spotlight. But you know what? I'm gonna go for all quiets in the Western Front. I'm gonna <laughs> go for that movie just so I could be like, what? You don't remember that movie? All all it's quiet over here on the West. <laughs> Y'all remember that fucking movie? It's it's fantastic. It's it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. Uh, for best actor, we got Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inisherin. I got to watch this movie because this movie got a lot of uh, nominations. I haven't seen it. Um, Austin the, Butler for the Elf, uh, for Elvis, uh-huh. Brendan Fraser for the Whale, Bill Nye for Living, and Paul Mescal. Bill Nye, Bill Nye. Um, oh. He's the guy that played um, the the main character's father in um, what's the Edgar Wright movie, the zombie movie, um, Shaun of the Shaun of oh, the Dead. Okay, he played his father. Okay. That he didn't get along with. He also played uh, the bad guy in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Dead Man's Chest. He was also in Underworld. He played uh, the old vampire. Yeah. Uh, Paul Mescal for After Sun. Um, I have a feeling they're probably going to give this to Austin Butler, who played Elvis. He won the Golden Globe. Uh, Elvis's daughter just died recently. Yeah. Uh, She passed away. So I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him that. If that Um, dude goes to the fucking Oscar and does the voice. In character. With the thank you very much kind of thing, man. I think the person who gave it to him should just take that shit away. And I want to see it like a yank, like a, like, give me this shit, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Get out of here. Go. Get, sit your ass down. What the hell's wrong with you? But I also think that there's a good chance that they may give it to Brendan Fraser since Brendan Fraser has been the talk of the town. They may do like a redemption type of thing. Like, oh, this guy's back in the spotlight again. Give him the opportunity to have like an emotional speech. Do you have any interest to see the whale? Zero interest. Zero. Interest. I was I was talking to uh, to Tyler the other day, and he and he thought that he, he thought that I would see the whale. He, 
I'm not a movie connoisseur. I just like I like the movies that I like, if that makes any sense. And he thought he said, "Oh, I thought you would have saw it." Like, no, bro, I have no interest in that movie or Brendan Fraser. I know he has he's having a moment, but until he does Encino Man two, <laughs> I'm not interested, bud. I don't have no interest in that movie and that guy. I know that he's making it. I'm happy for him. It sucks what Hollywood did to him. But I'm telling you now, Encino Man 2, Polly Shore better be there, by the way. And I'm or I'm out. That's it. You know what's interesting is that Brendan Fraser is having to come back, mm-hmm. and so is the guy from the Goonies from Everything Everywhere yeah. all at once. And they were both in Encino Man. Yeah, bro, I want him. They they did a, 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 a actors table talk, and they were saying yeah. like how they were both in the movie together. And I saw how they looked at each other. They were like, "Yeah, man, we fucking we're back, man, <laughs> we're back." And I I fucking love that. I love that moment. I love like uh like to be honest, Brendan Fraser. He seems like a cool guy. It sucks what what uh, Hollywood did to him, but for real, like my Brendan Fraser is not how everybody like for me to see him like this. It's like, oh nah, man. Uh, I need you to do some action movies. I need you to be in The Mummy. Or I need you to do, like, Encino Man. That's the only way. I want to see Encino Man in his 30s after, like, you know, being beat down, run a, run, run down and stuff like that. And he still has his uh, Encino powers and stuff like that. And he has a wife and kids. And yeah. his kids are going through, I don't know, high school or something like that. And they're, they're Encino kids. I don't know. The I don't re- fucking know. <laughs> the reason why I haven't seen The Whale, <coughs> Darren Aronofsky's movies, I know he's a good director, mm-hmm. but I feel like every time I go to see his movie, man, it's like it needs some, it has to be something that I got to prepare for because his movies, bro, I don't know why they're like almost draining. like Emotionally? Emotionally, but also like I feel like all right, I need to clear my fucking schedule because I need a, I don't know why, it, but not in a good way though. Like when I saw Requiem for a Dream for the first time, I was like, dude, I I, I need to watch something else after this. Like I don't know why I feel, I feel dirty. Like I mm-hmm. feel disgusted afterwards. And then when I saw Black Swan, it was the same thing. When I saw he did a movie of uh, Noah's Ark, that was. Afterwards, I was like, okay, I got to watch something else. Um, I feel like all of his movies, he did that that movie Mother. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's like you have to cleanse your palate afterwards. It's not something that you could just watch and then it's done. And so far from what I've seen, the shots of Brendan Fraser crying and shit, I'm like, dude, I I don't know. I think I think I think what it is is that like his movies Usually, you know, movies, you, you, when you have questions when you leave the theater or, you, you you know, you finish watching it, it's about like it's 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 kind of external. You know, it's like, oh, you know, why would they do something like this? This is crazy. That's pretty cool. And stuff. But his movies have like this feeling of like you, you're questioning like your morals. Yeah. Like you, you you're questioning like, damn, like rather than saying like, man, I can't believe that person that says. Would I do something like that? Nah, I'm not that kind of person. He says, shit, but 
I'm but not like that the, far off. But the same way you see his characters in Requiem for a Dream taking drugs and yeah. like going through this trip, I feel like that every time I watch his movies. Like, yeah. By the time it's done, it's like I don't feel clean. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I need to cleanse myself. I need to take a shower or something. I don't know. I don't, it's still weirdest feeling, but like I always have to prepare myself going into a Darren Aronofsky. No, movie. You know the the you know what's crazy. When you said his name, it, it brought like uh, you ever get like a uh, like when people bring up Hitler or something yeah. like that. You get like a, not saying that I'm not comparing him to Hitler or something like that, but it's like you get this like this feeling of There's, like oh god, yeah, <laughs> like, yes, oh god, like oh man, yeah. Like it's like this isn't gonna be simple. This is yeah. gonna be a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking math and find out that you got a, a pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking, like, oh, yeah, you got a pop Oh, Jesus Christ. I wasn't, re- I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> I'll never recover from this, with, with that, uh, that fucking, uh, that thing that happened in 2020 with the, the tigers and lions and bears on my. Uh, for best actress, we got Kate Blanchett for Tar, um, Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Viola Davis for The Woman King. Danielle Deadweiler for Till, Anna DeArmas for Blonde. Again, Michelle Yeoh played so many different emotions in the movie from sad to depressed to angry mm-hmm. to action star. And that to me requires, I would think that would require so much more. If she doesn't win that, I'm going to be pissed. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Kate Blanchett. I think that's like a safe what, what, option. Uh, Kate B- Blanchett, she played uh, a music conductor, right? She. It, I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I do want to see it. It, it. it to me, it looks like it's uh, like another. Um, uh, what was the a drum that drumline movie? Whiplash. Yeah. Where like she's like a perfectionist, and you see. I saw one scene from it uh, on yeah. Instagram <clears throat> and. That that scene made me want to watch it is when she comes in. Uh, she comes in a little late for a rehearsal or something, but she has like bruises on her face, mm. and then uh, you know she she explains what happened to her. But she, Kate Blanchett, has this smile that she does in movies that it doesn't seem inviting at all. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed, but every time I see her like smiling on camera, I'm like, nah, this seems like a fucking trap. She 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 has this smile with her. I want to say with her, it's like a smirk that she does with her. I want to say left side. Like does like, it like it feels fake? Yeah, it's like a. And she's like, "Yo, what do you want?" And it's like, "Nah, man, you're up to something. <laughs> you're fucking up to something." And she does that shit in this fucking uh, the clip that I saw, and that made I was sold. I was like, "Yeah, I gotta watch this movie because she does that here. I know that she's she's a." Uh, she she is something more than her just getting beat up. Something must have happened that led to this point. It's not just like uh, somebody just wanted to rob her, and I really wanted to watch. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I do feel like it's like a whiplash kind of. Uh, for best supporting actor, you got Key Hu, uh, Huey Kwan mm-hmm. um, from Everything Everywhere All yeah, At Once. You. He needs to win. Hell yeah! Because I know I know. Um, if that mo- that motherfucker is not even in uh, the new Indiana Jones movie, bro, he should. I've been saying this shit for years. He should have been uh, in the Indiana Jones movie rather than Shia LaBeouf, because I think that he was more of Indiana Jones' son than Shia LaBeouf was, who was supposed to be his direct kid. Yeah, 
But I think his story is a lot more touching than Brendan Fraser. Brent, um, with him, he stopped acting because he couldn't pick up any couldn't roles. Couldn't find any work. Yeah. And it was just like, nah, but you're you're the the comedic humor Asian guy. And he was just like, nah, but I'm more than that. And yeah. he showed it in this movie. He showed that he does have the acting chops. He can do it. And he's got the physical martial yeah. arts chops, too. I did not know... That this be, this guy became like a stunt coordinator and like yeah. a fight choreographer uh, for most of his life, and um, I love the fact that he's back in the spotlight. He's showing people that you know he's not gone. He he's here. Yeah, um, so I definitely think um, he deserves the Oscar. You got Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keegan from both from Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, Paul Dano from The Fablemans. Uh, I think Paul Dano played uh, Steven Spielberg's father in the movie. Um, Eddie Redmayne from The Good Nurse um, for Best Supporting Actress. I wonder if Paul Dano, <clears throat> if he ever gets, like, when he was a little kid, then anybody ever said, book him, Dano. I don't even know where that's from, but that that was a thing when I was a little kid. <laughs> book him, Dano. I don't know if that was from, like, uh, <laughs> get, get Him Charlie or whatever that name of that fucking show is. Uh, Good Luck, Chuck. I don't know, but there was a, there was a thing that used to be on TV shows or movies when people say, book him, Dano. When people used to just uh, put them in, uh, get them under arrest or something. Could um, be from NYPD Blue, maybe. Nah, I think it was way before that. <laughs> um, best Supporting Actress, you got Angela Bassett for Black Panther with Father <laughs> Forever, which is great that a superhero movie is getting like a major nod. I think the last one was Heath Ledger when he did The Joker for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Stephanie, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, uh, but she played the daughter in Everything Everywhere All at mm-hmm. Once. She's also being nominated. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin and Hung Chow uh, for The Whale. So uh, what do you think for that role? Who do you think? Um, I'm going again for Everywhere. But are you going for Jamie Lee Curtis or the the actress that played the daughter? I'm going for the actress that played the daughter. There was a little controversy that I saw on TikTok. They were talking about, like, how you've been seeing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis everywhere, but you haven't been seeing, uh, what's her name? Um, Stephanie. Steph- I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I'm bad about your last name. name. But the, and they were they were talking about, like, have you haven't seen her in places. But I was like, damn, but. You know, she was basically, she was the reason why the protagonist did what they did kind of stuff. You know, she she played, she, she also played the villain, which was pretty fucking dope. So I hope that she gets her her flowers and uh, she, you know, she got, she, she needs to be out there more. I don't know what, what else she's going to be working on having uh, like looked into it the most, but I'm going for everywhere that, that movie, anywhere you want it. That's the way you be. <laughs> I'm going for that. Um, as for, I mean, the, the, everything everywhere all at once is also, they got like eight nominations. Oh yeah. They're dominating also with like the technical, you know, like best visual effects, makeup, stuff like that. Um, Is is there an award for best ensemble? There uh, isn't, isn't there? No. There 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 should be. Yeah. There should be for like, you know, like best, not uh, like, like acting, like best uh, cast kind of thing but i guess that goes to like a casting director or something but there should be so everybody can get an award yeah we are going to do our own version of the academy awards we're going to give out our awards for anything that we feel like giving an award to uh so that'll be coming soon hell yeah uh next up we have uh movie pass so movie pass is back it's called movie pass 2.0 
Um, it just launched um, their like beta version uh, just to test it out. And um, I know South Florida is on the list of like if you want to try try out the beta. I just signed up for it. It's a ten dollar a month plan, starting at ten dollar a month. Um, but this time they're doing it a little bit different so that they don't fall into the same trap that they fell into last time. Instead of doing like oh you could watch one movie a day, they've got different plans, and based on the pa- the plan that you pick, will determine how many movies a month you can watch and like what times of the day and stuff like that. It seems like a more controlled system, but the question is, is it going to survive now that, you know, Cinemark has their own thing, Regal has their own subscription plan, AMC has their own subscription plan. What I always liked about MoviePass was that you can pick any of those theater chains, and that's why I kind of signed up for it. I was thinking about doing AMC because there's one right by my house, but then the question is, like, what if I'm away? You know, what if I'm away and I'm in an area that has Regal theaters, then I'm not going to be able to enjoy that subscription base but that's why i signed up for movie pass because the fact that i could choose any of those any of those uh theater chains hopefully i don't know it goes well are you still on the amc plan yeah i'm still on the amc plan uh paying uh 25 dollars a month for three movies a week um i get points these points uh tally up i think i'm a i think I'm a, i want to stay on it because I still have my fucking points, and if you end your subscription, you lose all your fucking points, even if you come back. Um, and on top of that, you know, we rent theaters. So when we rent theaters, you go through the AMC thing. Um, they don't give you, like, a huge discount, but if you do, they give you, like, I don't know, let's say if it's $300, it end up being, like, 280 or something like that, especially yeah. if you use your points, which if you tally up enough points, they give you $5. They constantly give you $5. Uh, like coupons, so you know you'll be able to pay for like your own theater kind of thing with just that. Um, but I do, I have to admit, when you told me about this plan, it does sound more inviting because I do like going to AMC, but there is a Regal that is not that far from me. It is like I would have to say like three miles away from my house, even though there's an AMC that's also like five miles away from my house. But it's in an area that is like is really traffic. Uh, it, there's a whole bunch of traffic over there, traffic enhanced, if for lack of a better uh, phrase. But going to the Regal would just be like you know just going through just going through neighborhoods, kind of thing. And I'm think just because of this, I'm really thinking about just like my like, fuck these points, man, and just going to. Uh, Going to movie, uh, going to movie pass because I can go to any theater that I want. And sometimes, you know, you are out of town, and yeah. what if they don't have it? Yeah. <clears throat> um, what happened last time with movie pass was that everything seemed okay, or actually, it probably wasn't okay. With the 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 public just didn't know about it, but um, they were losing money fast, and then all of a sudden, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation came out. And that's when it just stopped. I remember that night, opening night, I was going to go watch it and no one's card was working. And that was when they had officially like ran out of money to load into everyone's card. Um, So I think it was smart for them to launch this after Avatar came out. They kind of waited until like after the big blockbuster. Uh, We'll see what happens when uh, the Ant-Man movie comes out and the next next Avengers movie and all that stuff. You know, the whole Kang Dynasty thing. Um, we'll see if it 
survives. You know, the good thing about moving past is like you can cancel whenever. Um, there, there's no like year contract that you're signing up for. So if everything goes well, I'm gonna be excited to just be able to watch comfortably and you know three three new movies every month. Because um, yeah, I'm thinking now, like three movies a month. It's not bad. That's not mm-hmm. bad. That's that's a great run of movies a month. And you're you're getting your money back right from the beginning because yeah. a movie now is like thirteen dollars minimum. So mm-hmm. you're already getting your money back. So yeah. that, it's not bad. Um after that we've got I think that was pretty much it. Um I did check out Emily the Criminal yeah. uh recently. That just came it, it came out on uh Netflix. Um there was a there's a clip from the movie that I saw a lot on uh, TikTok, which I thought was really great. It, it's a scene where she's like having an interview and she's talking back to the interviewer. And that kind of drove me to watching the movie. But basically it's about a girl who's like buried in debt and um, she's just struggling to find like good, like paying work in California. And then she gets into like credit card scamming. She gets into that whole like underworld of like people stealing credit card information and using it. Uh, to buy merchandise and then they sell the merchandise in the black market and then mm-hmm. like that's how they make their money. She starts diving deeper and deeper into that world mm-hmm. and then she starts getting like really good at it where she becomes like, you know, almost like a head honcho herself. Um, but she realizes like the more money she's making, the, the more dangerous her world mm-hmm. is getting. Um, so you see from her her perspective the dangers of all that uh, of all that stuff. And then she kind of starts falling for the guy who taught her how to how to get into this stuff mm-hmm. um so you know um but the movie it, it's not bad it's it, it's a solid plot you see the introduction of the characters you see her dive into the world and then you see her trying to get out of it there's a good like beginning middle end to it um good suspense uh good sequences like there there's a great scene in the movie where um the guy that recruited her basically says like hey i got a a, another job for you i'm gonna give you a black american express card that has no limit i need you to go buy this car um but you're gonna swipe the card you're gonna sign the paperwork but you have exactly i think he gives her like six minutes or seven minutes he's like you got seven minutes to get out of there because in seven minutes the credit card company is going to call back saying that the credit card is stolen so, like, you got to swipe the card, do the thing, and then get out of there. So, like, you see her swiping the card, and then, like, they did a really good insert shot of, like, a clock. And she, you see the time, and they did that on purpose so that you could start counting yeah. yourself. And every time she looks at the clock, it's, like, a minute passes, and you're just like, yo, get the fuck out of there. Get out of And then right when she's about to leave, the dude that's selling her the car is like, no, I need you to fill out this paperwork. And she's like, oh, my God. And she started signing as fast as she could just to get like that scene as simple as it was built up so much good suspense that you're like, oh, shit. OK, I'm going along with this. Like, actually, yeah, even though what she's doing is bad, you still want her to get out. You're yeah. like, yeah, get the fuck <laughs> out of there. Plaza? Get in that car. It's fucking get Aubrey. out. I <laughs> Plaza, man. She's so great. Yeah. She, I saw her on SNL uh, this past Saturday and she's fantastic. bro. I didn't realize she started out her career at SNL. She was yeah, part she of the was set a, design a team, and she was also one of the people that like give pages. tours. Yeah, she was a page. She gives tours you, around. You uh, can see 30 her Rock. in um, uh, what you call it, uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. She used to she used to give uh, tours in Thirty Rock, but she was also on the TV show Thirty Rock as a page, which was pretty cool. 
Oh, she got fired from that job. Damn. Which was pretty funny. <laughs> she got fired for that job. I forgot what she did. I think she either didn't show up for work or something. You know, it, it, it's like she just, she did a she did something that a character from uh, her character from uh, Parks and Rec would do. That's what she did, and it was like, dude, how can you not? She plays the same characters in all these uh, all these different movies, but I think in Emily she doesn't. Right? Is she is she totally different? She. <clears throat> She seems like that type of person, like that she NBC. Still seems? Yeah, like so. She, basically, she's working at this like kind of like Uber Eats type of company mm-hmm. that's like delivering food, but like she has like that I don't give a fuck attitude. Like I just need the money yeah. type of thing. Um, so I don't know. I, I but I think she's great. I thought um, her her skits that she did on SNL were really good. Yeah, I gotta watch. I gotta watch that. Anything she's in is pretty cool. I remember there was a there's some. Like you know how they have like compilations of uh, of like actors and stuff, and her doing like interviews with like uh, like Conan O'Brien or uh, any of these late night shows, they always seem awkward, but it's like she she like she she welcomes the awkwardness, and that's the best thing about her. And she's also from um, Delaware. Delaware, yeah. She was voted most famous person in from Delaware. Delaware. She yeah. beat Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. She's a Latino too. Yeah, she's Puerto Latina, Rican. Latina, my bad. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I recommend the Emily the Criminal. Uh, it's not like a, a great, great movie, but if you got nothing else to watch and you're on Netflix, definitely check it out. It's just like it's like a good popcorn, like simple suspense, like simple entertainment movie. Definitely recommend it. I would give it, you know, two and a half to three stars uh, out of five. Really? Yeah. Damn. Oh yeah. Well, um, I saw the Elvis movie uh, like two weeks ago, and I have to admit, for well, I forgot what it, what's, what's what do you call uh, like a movie that's based on a person's actual like, like a biopic? A biopic, yeah. It's a, for a biopic. I have to say that this was uh, pretty good. It was it was well done. The editing was amazing. Um, it really dove in deep of uh, about Elvis. It really made you hate his fucking uh, his manager, not his manager, because the manager was his, was his father. His uh, damn, I forgot who the, what the guy was. But the the movie was it, it was about Elvis, but primarily it was a it was a fucking hit piece on the guy that Tom Hanks was playing. Jesus Christ, man! Like that dude, he was the scum of the earth, man, and. You know they 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 alluded to this guy being a Nazi maybe, <laughs> in the in the movie they made they you know it was to the point that I'm like, they 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 alluded so much that I was like wait a minute I gotta look this up I had to Google it to see if he was a Nazi. Did did <clears throat> was so the the guy that directed Elvis Baz mm-hmm. Luhrmann, mm-hmm. um, he has a tendency of trying to being like stylish with his movies. You know he did Moulin Rouge. Romeo and Juliet, The yes. Great Gatsby. Did it have the, yes. those editing moments where it was like, oh, I'm going to put like a hip hop track in the background, even yes. though this had nothing to do with that? Yes. And yes. was it like, do you think it, it, it made the movie better? Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. It made the movie way better. There was there was time where you see uh, Elvis go into uh, uh, what you call it, like 
He went, yo, he went to where the soul of fucking music was at. He went to like uh, it was in Tennessee, Nashville, but there was like uh, I guess there was a black section and then there was a white uh, section. What they call the color section and stuff like that. And he would just be there all the time. And you see that he was talking to BB uh, King and all these uh, all these other great musicians. And you know, uh, it was just bro. You wanted to you're like, yo, I want him to be here all the time so the movie can be here all the time. You 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 felt like how it felt to be there. Like it was just good times and great vibes all around. There was something that BB King said on um the character. He said something about like he said, Yo, if you're looking for a good time and you uh he says and you got money in your account and you got all this I don't I'm paraphrasing, but he was saying all these good things. He said he said, he said, you're in the right place. He said, but, he said, if you're down on your luck, your what your woman just left you, you you want to be alone, you want to do all this other kind of stuff, you're also in the right place. And I was like, God damn, bro. That is fucking, that's a salesman right there, bro. Yeah. That is a fucking salesman. Because it was like, and, and true be told, no, you're not. You're not in the right place. But it was like, he made you feel like you're in the right place. It was, it was an amazing movie to watch a biopic to watch it was fun uh they had like modern music in it but also they had like a remix of classic uh classic soul music that was also in it that was like it you know i had to rewind it sometimes just to be like damn this is fucking cool but the edits the edits in the beginning felt like if you've ever seen dark man and how they edit when he gets like angry and raged. That's how it felt when they were uh, they were showing like uh, Tom Hanks' character going through uh, like getting carried away on a, a gurney because he had a heart attack. It, it was uh, it was a really good movie to watch. Moulin Rouge. I remember watching that movie not all the way through, but I, you ever like wake up and the movie's on? Mm-hmm. That movie was on and and. I almost had a fucking stroke watching that, like waking up and watching that shit. Cause I think it was at the point where, uh, what, what, I, what's called the, the male character just meets the, the female character and they were just talking and stuff like that. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Cause there was somebody who was spinning and they were singing some modern music in it. My mind just couldn't take it. It was just like, what the fuck is happening? And I had to change the channel. I'm like, what? What is this? It was like late at night, and I was watching it on HBO or something like that. And it was fucking. It it, it almost caused me to have a fucking stroke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this movie right here is really is really really good. All right. Anything else on the docket, or do we want to uh, call it? I think we can call it, man. We we already at there. We already at the time. Uh, oh, Megan saw that movie. Oh yeah. Uh, to to be honest, that movie is pretty good. I want everybody to watch this movie. It is, uh, you know, some people are comparing it to Chucky, which is dead on. It has the same kind of vibe, uh, but the only thing is just that it doesn't have the kind of comedy that Chucky has because, you know, Chucky, his little tantrums are the best thing in uh, any Chucky movie. When he starts calling people bitches and motherfuckers, <laughs> Yo, I am in heaven right now, you know what I mean? And um, Megan would never do that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> she would never do that. But uh, she does have uh, she does have some like uh, some killer energy. There is a scene that happens at the end of the movie where um, 
where she what you call, she she goes on a killing spree at the end of the movie. She does that little dance that everybody's you know doing on TikTok and shit like that uh, as a robot and stuff like that with the little. With, with, to think of a doll doing this kind of thing, I'll tell you one thing. When you think about defending yourself between these monsters and shit like that, Chucky is easy because you can just kick him and he'll just roll underneath a chair because that's his, <laughs> that's his go-to moves. You kick, he rolls, bro. And he's so good at it. He's so good at it. But Megan will catch your fucking foot and break that shit off because she is good at it. But there's this scene where... Um, uh, the caretaker of the woman that uh, the, of the child that Megan is uh, bonded to, they finally see each other, and they are having the standoff where Megan has this girl pinned over a table, and the little girl comes in and says, "What's going on?" I said, "Oh no, uh, Megan fell and I just had to pick her up." And Megan has her like has her hand like this, and she has her choking like this, and I'm like, "This doll is so fucking strong." And they're having a conversation through the wall as the little girl. That is the best scene in the whole fucking movie because they're basically like trying to act like they're not fighting, but they really are fighting kind of thing. Oh, shit. And it's so funny because Megan's like, yeah, she's helping me. Tell her that Tell her that you're helping me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Megan, tell her this. Oh, man, it is so fucking good, man. The movie is fun to watch. Um and you know what? You root for some of these kills that she does. Like, she kills this little boy, allegedly. She, like, the little boy just rolled in the middle of the street, so he had it coming. But the reason why, the the buildup to that little boy dying, you understood 100%. There was a, like, the little boy's mom was uh, said to, uh, says, oh, uh, Henry, are you okay? Shut the fuck up, uh, Harriet. Like, in front of everybody. I was like, oh, this kid's going to die. He he needs to die. We don't need we don't need more of these kids in uh, on Earth. So and the mom looks at the the lady and says, you know he's at that age. You know kids say the darnest thing. Oh, no. And yo me, without even thinking, I, I will ask, fucking what darnest thing are you fucking talking about? That is that is absurd kind of shit. So that kid fucking died, got his ear ripped off, and then died, which was fucking beautiful. But I think he was trying to do something to Megan because, you know, he took off Megan's shoe and then he got on top of her for a little bit. It was like, it was like, whoa, what are you doing, bud? But you know what's funny? It's like, come on now. If the doll like this really did uh, was alive, you know that there will be like people who are going to jail for some shit like that. Come on now. It's a, it's a weird world we live in. But uh, the movie was uh, pretty good. Uh, part two is already slated. And um, my thoughts of where they should take this is that they should go, rather than the route of Chucky, they should go the route of Terminator, where Megan is protecting the family from intruders in the house, maybe. That's my thoughts. The Megan doll is protecting a family from intruders so in the house. So it's going to be like Terminator with Terminator 2. He's the hero. Turn, him into, turn her into a hero. That's my thoughts. That's where they should go with it. Also, would that would that change the 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 genre? Would it still be horror? It would be more thriller because okay. it's, it's a uh, intruders entering the house yeah. kind of thing. But it could start off as a, a horror, and then you know she what you call it like she like she kills people, and then she realizes that oh shit, I have to kill these people in order to do that. That could, that could be a thing. 
also what I was thinking is that uh, you know that there's going to be a new um, Joker movie and it's going to have Lady Gaga in it, right? Mm-hmm. In the last Joker movie, uh, they used a classic song that they re that they remixed, or they didn't even remix; they just used that. Dun, 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 dun. That the, the song that you hear at every fucking uh, what you call it uh, uh, mime heat game when they're, they're two minutes left and the heater up they play that fucking song every goddamn time. So I was thinking like, what song would they use in the trailer for this movie that they're gonna remix? And you know what song I was thinking of? That that song that says I uh, the joke was on me. And I think oh. Lady Gaga is going to sing that song. I, I bet $10 on that shit. That I started a joke and the world started laughing. I guarantee you that it's going to be Lady Gaga who's going to be singing that joke, that, that song. I could see that. I could definitely see that. If not, there's a, a wall. There's a, something for you guys because y'all been killing it. Let me play us out with something. Play us out with a little something, something. Y'all, so that's been the podcast, y'all. <laughs> we've been, we've seen it. And you've seen it. I'm Pat. And I'm Gunther. <laughs> and we've been, we've seen it. We've been us and y'all been y'all. Hope everybody has a ball. Yeah. Catch you next week. Peace.